This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, our Patreon, where every Sunday, or at least most of them, you get a whole other episode of Says Who. If you give at the 5 or $10 a month level, and if you give it that $10 a month level, you get an amazing sticker in the mail sent by me and my teen to you as a little extra thank you and a membership of the Says Who Sticker Club, patreon.com slash says who. Just a little asterisk on that. I have to say, your your monthly work of art is very impressive. It is. I, uh, we, we'll get into it, but I just recently got a travel c- a case for audio equipment. And I uh, last night realized it was a perfectly flat front and put every sticker on it. Oh, wow. Look at that. And there are a lot of them. We really could make an album where you could, you know, like sheets where you could stick all of your like a collector's album. (laughs) (laughs) I always was so annoyed with those as a child because you couldn't ever take the stickers back off. Mm -hmm. It was a one it was a one way trip. Did you have a sticker collection? Oh, as, I sure did. In a in a photo album? I mostly kept them on the sheets mm. and to I trade them? Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of sticker trading going on in that my was, elementary school. That was 90% of our recess was was trading stickers. Ours was either sticker trading or dodgeball. There was no in between. Uh and also how valuable were the smelly stickers? Those I feel like were not the high value sticker because those were often the like you did a great job type sticker that mm-hmm. a teacher would give you. Listen, you guys, if you're not a million years old, sticker collecting when you were a kid used to be huge, super huge. There were certain values. There was the smelly sticker, the puffy sticker. The puffies were the, the real puffies damn. are very valuable puffy with a googly eye. Come on. Yeah, th- those are super valuable. But um, you would carry them around like in big like scrapbooky albums and then you would keep some on sheets to trade them. And then you would add some to your collection because you'd be like, I have all these pizza smelly stickers. Yeah. But I have an extra to trade to you. I have yet to find a sticker manufacturer that can manufacture smelly stickers. But boy, that would be that would be a hell of a sticker club. I once thought my family needed money for some reason. And I took my sticker collections downstairs and said, do you want me to sell these? Oh, no. I don't think they did. But they were like, you don't. It's not a. I don't know why. I was just like, what if the economy is bad? I'll sell my stickers collections if you want. They're probably worth $20. (laughs) It's a very fiscally aware child. (laughs) Ah, listen, you guys, books. I, it is summer. It is the height of the summer. It is certainly where I am extremely humid and wet. Um, don't, Stay. There's something about reading in the summer that is just an utter, utter delight. And all of you reading The Box in the Woods, I really appreciate it. I have to. I'm, I think, contractually obligated to tell you that it's out at Target. Wow. So you can go and get it at Target. I'm supposed to be doing my Target. Oh, I forgot. I was supposed to do a post about how it's at Target. I have a little schedule of when I'm supposed to tell people that it's at Target. So well. like, tell everyone's at Target. Uh, it's at Target. And but it's also at your local independent bookstore and everywhere else. And if you get one, you are 
you, I hope you, I think you'll enjoy it, but also you are directly supporting your old friend, MJ and her weird writing habit and her dog and everything. So uh, God bless you. And I love you. And I'm coming to live with you. And I just, um, I just love you. And if you would like to pick up that book on the internet and not support uh, people trying to go to space, you can go to <laughs> bookshop.org slash shop slash says who, where we're not trying to go to space. We're just trying to sell you some books through a method that supports us and supports independent bookshops, bookshop.org slash shop slash says who. I have a bunch of things to say in this ad block. I want to tell you about merch.sayswhopodcast.com where you can get Says Who t-shirts and mugs and even a fanny pack and all that kind of thing. But more than that, I want to tell you that my travelogue podcast, The Hitch, that I record in the back of a trailer with Janice and my family is coming back. Wow. Season three of The Hitch will start very soon. You can subscribe at thehitchpodcast.com. We are hitting the road, and what could go wrong? Thehitchpodcast.com. FYI. So what is the intro? (laughs) I think that might be it. Anyway, I think that might be an intro. (laughs) Sounds good. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. See, I'm always trying. You are. You're always bringing it. And I am Dan Sinker, Maureen Johnson. You sort of drifted off to the side when you were talking, just kind of, what's that thing behind you that looks like a corrugated fence? It is a piece of corrugated plastic. Okay, well, it wasn't wrong then. That uh, is supposed to go out to the garage, but hasn't yet. Well, I, I then I feel like I called that. It is the material that is the roof of our little free library. And it has, we made the little free library years ago and it has sort of free ranged its its way around our basement, almost always falling on whoever walks by it at any given time. And uh, it's going to finally go out to the, it's going to finally go out to the um, garage. Because here is a thing, Maureen. It turns out that I realized something this week when I was furiously cleaning our kitchen sink. And that's, uh, we are shame cleaners. Mm. We mostly clean our house if somebody is coming over. And mm. then it's like, fuck, someone's going to see how we live. We better clean. And uh, and nobody has come over in a very long time right. due to the uh, pandemic. And we are getting ready, as I said, on the the hitch ad. We are getting ready to hit the road. And that is the other time that we clean is we furiously clean our house before we leave our house. In part, I think, so we can come back to a clean house and feel like uh, we aren't complete slops. So uh, we are currently cleaning 
about a year and a half of disgustingness out of our house. And it includes things like, oh, this piece of corrugated plastic that's been literally just floating around the basement for four years. Probably deal with that. Probably we don't need to, but that's where we're at. Right. Dan, how is preparing for the trip? It is it is heavily involved. So we are uh, we are hitting the road. For those of you that are longtime listeners, you have heard uh, me record with Maureen from the road uh, from our travels from a pyramid numerous times. When the yeah, time you almost a, got arrested. Yep. All of those things, often from the back of a broiling car as we as <laughs> we the one time you, you we really thought you might have go into a medical emergency. That one, I I remember when I was listening back in the edit, I was like, Oh, I am like slurring my speech mm. by the end of this. Oh, conversation. you didn't you didn't sound okay. You no, really didn't. I wasn't. So we get all of that again. Uh we are we did not travel last summer due to obvious reasons. And uh, this summer, once all of us were vaxxed and COVID rates were plummeting here in the States, we were like, I think we can do this. And now we are four days away and the Delta variant is blowing up places. And we are like, okay, I guess we're doing this and uh, we'll see how it goes. That's how I feel. Uh, but prepping has been um, involved in part because it is just involved to go away for a, a period of time uh, like we are, but also because it has kind of fallen in with all of the various kind of post-vax getting things fixed. And all, so it's just been sort of a constant I've been like running to the auto shop and taking the dog into the vet and doing all, you know, all of these things that have been delayed. Turns out our dog, I took her in yesterday, gained 10 pounds over the course of the pandemic. So the vet was like, um, she should probably lose a few. Yeah, she's like a 60 pound hound dog all of a sudden. Our dog is such a picky eater that we're excited to get her to eat pretty much anything. Yeah, I think the big problem is that the teen will often share like a cheese stick with the dog. Oh. And uh, I think there might have been a lot of cheese sticks eaten by the dog. How you, I am not the only one leaving though, Maureen. You are also in theory leaving. Asterisk. Either we're going to be on a plane to England in a week and a half or we are not. (laughs) Now, I realize you can say that any time you could always say I'm either yeah, going to be on a plane like or not. trip. Um, we just don't know, Dan, and we still don't know for the same number of reasons. We still don't have permission from the government of the United States for yeah. Oscar to travel. Um, we call every day. My I mean, God. Monday through Friday. Uh, we didn't. Did we call yesterday? I spoke to someone in the congrat on over email in the congressional office yesterday. Okay. So, and someone was supposed to have called us back within 72 hours of last Thursday. So that's Hmm. weekday wise, that's today. And of course we haven't heard back because we never do. Everyone's always like, well, someone will call you back in 14 days. We we always get like a, a shorter, first it's like 90 days and it was 60 days. Then it was 14 days and now it's 72 hours, but no one ever does. But the times get shorter. Um, so that's good. Like, at least it's like, 
the imaginary phone call gets closer, but it never arrives. Uh, <laughs> Pretty soon it will be like, you'll get called back in five nanoseconds. And then the next time they'll be like, you'll get called back in two and a half nanoseconds. It will always. Yeah, it's just incrementally smaller. Yeah. Um, we're calling you back before. Um, but we just don't know. And at some point, so there's a lot to prepare for the first international post-COVID trip to get back to England where we haven't been now in two years. Yeah. There's just, like you said, there's a lot of house stuff. There's a lot of work stuff because if I'm going to England for two weeks, any work things I had to do here, I have to get done. Right. But if I'm not going, then I do have to do different work and I just don't know. And it's like all the household stuff you have to have because we were going for, I guess, 10 or 12 days, something like that. So it's a long time to prepare for, right. kind of. Um, there's all the, there's Dexies getting boarded. Uh, there's so many moving pieces and we just don't know. We don't know because we don't have permission for the US government and we don't know because the UK it rolled a 20-sided die and yeah. said the, the UK woke up and chose violence. I mean, it really, I, so apparently still on the 19th of July, uh, it's going to say spring break and lift its top and then yeah. everything is off. But right now, if you're vaccinated in any anywhere outside of the the National Health Service of the United Kingdom, your vaccines don't count. Okay. So right now we are still because we got vaccinated in the United States, we will still have to quarantine for ten days on arrival in the UK, which is basically the whole time. Yeah, ten days of a twelve day trip. It might even be a ten day trip. I really have to remember, but it's basically the whole trip. And there is this potential catch and release after five days. But everything I've heard about it is that you pay and they test you and then you just still don't get out because you don't get the results back in time. So perfect. Apparently it doesn't work. So or or they might lift that. I did speak to an epidemiologist because okay. I happen to know one on Twitter. And I said, would you recommend going considering everything that's going on. And he said, I would absolutely go now while you can before some other, uh, you want me to read you his reply? Cause it's yeah. really interesting. Cause I, I explained the situation. I'm like, look, this is, we're trying to get to see my husband's family. Um, what would you do? And he said, this is his exact work words. My take is that the vaccines we have do protect against Delta. See my tweet from earlier today about Contra Costa County in California. Go now, three exclamation points. Go to the UK. Go before we're dealing with Lambda or God knows what else. Fun. Yeah, that's sort of the the general consensus that I've heard in terms of travel here in the States. Because, you know, it's we are in a situation where three of the four of us are vaccinated, but the fourth of us is a child and can't be vaccinated for a while. And we've known, you know, even when it seemed like it was going to be totally easy going we were like well you know the little one won't be going into stores and you know that that sort of thing and now it's sort of a well we need to be a little more precautious than than we originally thought but the good the good news is everywhere along the way that we are traveling seems to have not been hit by delta yet if we were going to the south mm -hmm. or even going to um 
different states in the West. We're heading out to Colorado to see uh, Janice's family or even parts of Colorado that but that are far from where we'll be. Um, I think it would be even a little more worrisome, but it it does seem the general consensus is go be cautious. Yeah. Well, and we'll see. But it. uh, Yeah, it's it's something we we just don't. I just happen to glance over to my um, whiteboard and I just see marked on the 24th of, of July, England question mark. Because I was just like, what, what do I have on the schedule here? Um, it's really confusing. Uh, we just, Oscar and I just, right before this, up until 1.28, we were in the middle of, of a feverish conversation. Uh, we record at 1.30. So we were like planning today's calls. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really, I hate to tell you, but you've got to call them at 5 o'clock again today. <laughs> like, we got to, because usually also when you call them, the wait time on the phone is an hour. Right. So he has to call them and then he has to stay on hold for an hour. So he has to call them when he's done work. And then he just sits there for an hour waiting to talk to somebody who says that they will call us back in an increasingly short, but still invisible period of time. Um, it's just confusing. And also I think that the situation in the UK is so baffling. Yeah. Um, because they're, what I just imagine that everyone in the UK is just, like a cartoon going to be running in circles going ah, like with their arms waving around the hair, like like Muppet arms um, or not, or hiding from their houses and peering out going, I'm not going out there. Right. Look at those people out there. It is a deeply confusing moment, you know, because one, I think that we are wrestling with the fact that we had a year of this where any official information being given was deeply suspect. You know, um, there's only more and more information coming out in the various books and stuff that are that are hitting the way that, you know, the Trump administration was covering their ass, not trying to save ours as, as much as as you can even imagine. You know, so the official information coming out now seems to be better, but it is hard to trust just on a dime like that. I think that's part of it. And then the other part is this is a very fast moving variant that there is very little information about because it has moved so quickly. Delta or? Yeah, Delta. And, um, you know, so that there really is, I mean, there are just a few studies that have come out from the UK at this point. Um, but it's just, you know, how it interacts with vaccines and all of that is just slightly a little bit unknown and that is um vaguely worrisome to me but we are in a situation sort of like you where there's you know like haven't seen that family in a long time and need to you know need to kind of check in with people that are not doing as well as they had been and all of that so it's sort of like well we're doing it or also we face the prospect of going to the uk kind of then getting in a mode of transport a car or train Depending, because we may literally go to his parents' house and never leave it. Right. Never, never go to a pub, never go to England and then just literally hide inside of a house the whole time. Fortunately, they live in a forest. There you go. And I was like, can we go onto the, they, like we could, they, they, they live on 
a big plot of land. Oh, well, I'm sure you can go anywhere on their land. They live on a, like 11 acres or something. There you I go. Mean, truly, they live out in the, out in the middle of the country. Um, but apparently we can go out on the forest, I think, um, because they are on the forest. And also as long now the UK doesn't fuck around. They check in with any visitors. They check in by phone every day. Wow. And they do spot checks. Like, wow. Um, and if you're not where you're supposed to be, they fine you 10,000 pounds. Wow. It's not a joke. Like you have, you have to, you have to call, like you have to talk to them. And if they show up now, granted we could be somewhere on like the garden that we'd have to like immediately be, be called back from the corner of the garden and be like, Hey, it's us over by this tree here. And then they go, they'd go, yes. And they check the box. This is a lot of talking, Dan, but do you hear the voice of a confused person? Like hopefully by this time next week, I'll know. Well, if I don't know by this time next week, I'll sound sad. By this time next week, I will be in Iowa City. Wow. Where we will record. So you're going to are you going to freak out then? It I mean, I definitely. We are in a. It is slow and then all at once situation, you know, like, I mean, every single post vax thing that I have done has been maintenance based right like kids went to the doctor i went to the doctor the car went in twice like the trailer went to the thing the dog went in like i have done no zero fun post-vax things every single post-vax thing Mm. has been getting work done the fridge got fixed my computer got fixed like everything that has needed to get fixed has gotten fixed or at least gotten looked at or most everything. The hole in our floor is still there. I'm not dealing with that. But, um, and now suddenly, and those are all very short temporary, you know, and then we're suddenly getting in a car and just fucking going. So, uh, I might be freaking out. Wouldn't be surprised if I'm freaking out. Well, luckily there's no news. Well, Maureen Johnson, even before we get to the news, me and you are not the only people seeing some sights this summer. Okay. I would like you to scroll in our notes. Hold on. To the photo that I have embedded in it. And I would like you to describe to the listeners. Okay, hold on. What we're looking at. Um, All right, let's see here. Uh, Okay. All right. So what this seems to be some sort of prairie scene. Um, the the balcony of a of a probably some sort of very large cavern uh, cabin or lodge like looks to be like in the middle of the scrub brush and the hills of somewhere out west. Maybe there are it is a picture of Jared and Ivanka and their kids. The kids' faces are blocked out, as they should be. They are all wearing the same shade of teal, basically. Yes, they are. Jared is in teal top to bottom. Ivanka has got uh, two prairie braids and a teal dress, and the kids are in varying shades. It's very matchy. It's very matchy. Jared looks like he was dipped. Hmm. Like he is, 
He is the most teal of all of them, down to his shoes. Yeah, it it looks like this has been weirdly color corrected. I don't think that it has. I just mean like this is like when a photo has been colorized weird from the past. (laughs) And you get it back and like it probably looks something like that, but not really. Like that's what this looks like. Yeah, he's got teal shoes, teal jeans. Yeah, that's the thing is that he's got teal jeans on it. I didn't think that was a thing. Yeah. Teal t-shirt. Ivanka's in sort of just a teal dress. Yeah. (sighs) Jared has to have been the real teal ringleader here. Also, this is not pictured, but did you know that Baron Trump was six foot seven? Excuse me? Baron Trump is six foot seven. Baron Trump, the invisible Trump child. Oh, yeah. He was not invisible this this week. There are photos of him and he is six foot seven. What? Check it out. What? Are you looking at it? I'm look. I'm I, How did I miss this? He's six foot seven. <laughs> the, the New York Post, the first sentence. <laughs> the New York Post, the first sentence of the article about Baron Baron being six foot seven is he's the new Trump Tower. Which I have to give a little prop to whoever wrote that. Wow. This. this- um, okay, a couple things. Probably this kid does not want to be noticed. Yeah. And he is not only a Trump, but he is six foot seven. Wow. And second, you just know that makes Don Jr. angry and it, it fills him with an inarticulate rage yeah. that all the cocaine in the world isn't, go- isn't going to heal. <laughs> but it could make you taller. He's a very tall kid. Wow. He is the large not adult son. No, definitely not yet adult. He's a tall kid. That is tall. And I don't know if he's done growing. That probably makes his dad mad. I think so, probably. Although he brags about it a bunch, so he might yeah. be like, I'm so great, my kid is I mean, he's up. he lies about his height to make himself taller. So to have a son significantly taller than him, I think is probably, probably hard. Yeah, he looks his he looks very short next to his son. Yeah, that's not great. It's a tall kid. That is wild. Well, yeah, the uh the Ivanka Jared clan in their best teal out in the world, which doesn't make me feel better about going out in the world. No. But does make me feel better about my general aversion to the color teal. It's a fine color, Dan. Mm, it's it's a color. I'll give I like, it that. I like to wear it. You do? Sometimes, I don't yeah. know that I've ever seen you in teal. Um, I have a, dre- a teal dress. Okay. I like green and I like blue a lot, so... Yeah. Teal is the intersection of green and blue. Yeah. It's not a good one. It's not a good one. Well, Maureen Johnson. This week has been a big week for people playing clown games, winning clown prizes. Oh, The other shoe dropped for Rudy (sighs) with Washington, D.C. following New York in suspending his law license this past week. I just feel like he should be followed around by some kind of funny trombone music like that. Like (laughs) with the, you know, Dickie checks in his L dinosaur orchestra could probably provide some. 
He is, I mean, he's got no law license now. No one will pay his bills and no one will take his calls. Yeah. So I think a thing that is, is hard to know if what you know of Rudy is the last four years mm. or even if what you know of Rudy is the sort of post 9-11 Rudy. Rudy at one point was the top federal prosecutor in New York. He was. And he was he America's cannot, mayor. He now cannot practice law anywhere in the United States. Yeah, that's all that, true. That is a remarkable fall from grace. You really have to fuck up. You have to. Think about how many shitty lawyers there are. Yeah. They all have law licenses. You have to really fuck up. Really fuck up to lose your law license. And now he's lost it two places. It was suspended because of his pursuit of false election fraud claims all last fall. And uh, there's a new book coming out called I Alone Can Fix It, Donald J. Trump's Catastrophic Final Year. It's by two Washington Post reporters, Carol Lenning and Philip Rucker. Uh, and the, an excerpt actually that just came out today gives us the moment that Rudy, it seems, began to hatch the plan that would that would eventually lead to his suspension of law, uh, being able to practice law anywhere in the United States. Here is a little excerpt, Maureen. So the lead up here, this is on election night. And uh, most of Trump's people, uh, like campaign people, are in the map room in the White House. One Trump confidant who mostly stayed out of the map room was Rudolph Giuliani. That's because the president's personal attorney had set up his own command center upstairs on the party floor. Giuliani sat at a table in the red room with his son, Andrew, who worked at the White House in the office of uh, in the office of public liaison, staring intensely at a laptop watching vote tallies. The Giuliani's made for an odd scene as partygoers swirled around them. After a while, Rudy started to cause a commotion. He was telling other guests that he had come up with a strategy for Trump and was trying to get into the president's private quarters to tell him about it. So Rudy not allowed to go to Trump on election night is interesting in and of itself. Not it's it's also not really a surprise from a man that was running the president's legal office out of a steakhouse. Correct. So <laughs> it's, it's like finding out that your lawyer lawyer's office is at TGI Fridays. Uh, um, so, I have to go talk to my lawyer. He's, <laughs> I have to go talk to my lawyer. He's at Chili's. So Rudy and Andrew <laughs> at just at a table in the middle of the election night party. And you need to remember election night because of the way votes were counted you know that was probably a fairly robust party going on because it looked decent mm. at that point rudy gets up 
may he makes for an odd scene. He started to cause a commotion trying to reach the present. Now, why, you might ask, was he causing a commotion? Wouldn't you just get up and go to someone that you know and say, hey, I want to talk to Trump? Well, some people thought Giuliani may have been drinking too much. What? Our boy Rudy? I know. And suggested to Trump campaign manager Bill Steffian that he go talk to the former New York mayor. Stepien chief of staff Mark Meadows and campaign strategist Jason Miller took Giuliani down to a room just off the map room to hear him out. So Rudy, drunk off his ass, causing a commotion, screaming in the middle of the party. What does drunk Rudy sound like, Dan? Mr. Giuliani, Mr. Giuliani, where the president is uh, is busy right now. He's You have to what, sir? I just need to for a second. Sir. It's fine. Sir, you're gonna have to put your pants on. Andrew, just just hand me the fucking bottle, kid. Sir, anyway, you, huh? you've got to put your pants on. Yes, I think better this way. I what? think better this way, you know. It's just fine. Just let me see the president. Sir, I, we're going to have to insist on the just, pants. Just hang on. Listen, you don't tell Rudy. Why doesn't doesn't wear pants? Sir, the pants are on. They're off. That's how it goes. The president. And right now they're off. He's outside. Well, right now. You're gonna go out. So he's just out. He's, out. he's just. He's outside in the parking go. lot. Okay. This. Okay. Andrew, you want to go to the parking lot? So anyway, <laughs> Dan. My other question is: So there's this book. Yeah. I alone can fix it. Yeah. And the Michael Wolf book. Yeah, and then there's that other one, too. There's a third one written by a Wall Street Journal uh, reporter named uh, something like, actually, we did win the election. And then the, it's oh, the, like inside. the story of Trump's failure. Yeah, that's exactly. the really, the really, really funny title that I yeah. was like, that title's great. Yeah, there are three like looking what, at the last year books. What's the first one coming out? I think that the wall, like I, I've seen excerpts from the Wall Street Journal guys, the Bender mm. book, uh, for a while. Wolf seems like it's imminent as well. I think they're all probably coming out pretty similar timed. So, are we going to read? Are we going to assign different books to each? Like, <laughs> do we get to pick? Hold I mean, on, the Wolf look. one's certainly going to be the most entertaining, right? <sighs> that that was the one with the cocaine ramble in it. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's look. Landslide. Landslide. July 13th, today. Yeah, same. Actually, same day. Frankly, we did win the this election. Oh. The Inside oh. Story of How Trump Lost by Michael Bender, also oh, out today. That looks, that looks. Okay, so I and think then, we should choose because clearly, clearly there's. And then there's I Alone Can Fix It. And when's that? Next week, July 20th. Okay. Which one do you want? <sighs> I don't know. I'll I'll read anything. Do you want to I'm a little it? I'm a little like, oh man, I ordered some books for this trip. 
now I'm going to have to read one of these pieces of shit. All right. Well, okay. I, well I think we're going to have to do it, Dan, for yeah, next week. So, so Michael Wolf, or should, should we flip for it? Uh, I'll read Bender. If you want Wolf, I'll do Bender. I don't know. Like, I kind of, let's see. Which well, one is? I'll do Wolf, too. I'll do whichever one. You just tell me. We don't got to flip for it. I just don't know, Dan. I don't know. All right. Uh, get a coin or something. <laughs> I just cleaned my desk. All right. Here, I'll get, this is going to be like right. sort of matrixy. There's a blue pen and a red pen. Ooh, I like it. The well, This pen. Oh, well, yeah. This is the Michael Wolf book. Okay. And this Red's is wife, Michael. And Michael this is Wolf. the other one. This is the Wall blue Street is okay. uh, Bender. I'm just shake these behind my. Okay. This is good podcasting, everybody. And which hand is who? What you're going to choose. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. I have. Okay. Choose Left a hand. hand. Boom. Red. Which that was, one was that? That was Michael Wolf. <laughs> okay. I couldn't remember. So you get Michael Wolf and I get the other one. All right. All right. Bye now. I hope you, okay. I hope you all enjoyed that. (laughs) So let's finish this excerpt. Oh, we're still Giuliani drunk. Pulling everyone aside. Saying we talk. So Bill Stepien, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Jason Miller, took Giuliani down to a room just off the map room to hear him out. Giuliani went state by state asking Stepien, Meadows, and Miller what they were seeing and what their plan was. What's happening in Michigan? He asked. They said it was too early to tell. Votes were still being counted and they couldn't say. Just say we won, Giuliani told them. Same thing in Pennsylvania. Just say we won, Pennsylvania, Giuliani said. Giuliani's grand plan was just to say Trump won state after state, based on nothing. Stepien Miller and Meadows thought his argument was both incoherent and irresponsible. Mm, wow. Imagine the bar for incoherence among those three. Jesus. Yeah. This book is going to be something. Quote, we can't do that, Meadows said, raising his voice. We can't. Of course, that <sighs> is what they did. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they're still doing. Yeah. Rudy got his law license revoked from it and a legal defense fund set up to help him cover his growing legal bills. The goal was to raise five million dollars for Rudy. It shut down last week after raising only nine thousand seven hundred and ninety eight dollars. I can't believe I just spent twenty dollars to grab one of these books, but, you know, um, (laughs) We but do it for, for you all. For you guys, we, we will do it. Next week, we're going to be delivering our book reports. Man, next week. All right. It's going to be a quick read. I mean, I have to remember how to highlight on my, because I think that I will definitely want to remember. <laughs> Rudy Maureen is not the only lawyer winning some clown prizes lately. Mm. Yesterday, a federal judge in Michigan held a hearing on whether to impose sanctions on Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, and other lawyers that brought suits last year, hoping to decertify Michigan's results. The hearing went about as well as you would expect, with the rats trying to jump off the ship right away, according to Politico. As the hearing opened, 
Several lawyers sought to minimize their roles in the litigation, while Wood was listed as one of seven attorneys on the first iteration of the suit last November, he stressed to the judge that he wasn't involved in preparing it. Quote, I played absolutely no role in the drafting of the complaint, just to be clear, Wood told U.S. District Judge Linda Parker. I did not review any of the documents with respect to the complaint. My name was placed there, but I had no involvement. Quote, I do not specifically recall being asked about the Michigan complaint, but if I had generally indicated to Sidney Powell that if she needed a quote unquote trial lawyer, I like the way he he kind of describes himself as a fake trial lawyer. Okay. I would certainly be willing or available to help her, Wood said. Would I have objected to being to being included by name? I don't believe so. Uh, University of Michigan law professor Barb McQuaid live tweeted the hearing and wrote that the defense then pointed out that Wood could have withdrawn from the suit at any time, and he didn't, and that he's represented elsewhere, that he's part of a challenge in Michigan. Judge Parker finally shut him down by saying that his claim that he was not involved, quote, appears to be an after-the-fact assessment. It's a weird day to be a lawyer, Dan. Yeah. According to Politico, quote, Judge Parker's tone during the hearing, which stretched more than six hours, indicated that at least some of the lawyers involved in filing and pursuing the suit were likely to face sanctions from the court, although she did not say what kind of punishment she was mulling. In defending the suits... Sidney Powell said, quote, we filed a massive and detailed complaint in federal court that doesn't even require us to append affidavits to it. The very fact that we filed 960 pages of affidavits with the complaint shows due diligence on our part. The only way to test that is in the crucible or a trial of an of an or an evidentiary hearing. Judge Parker responded, volume certainly for this court doesn't equate with legitimacy or veracity. You know, Dan, I had a friend who was um, in a very complicated lawsuit, a frivolous lawsuit, and they got discovery from the other party and they got boxes and boxes and boxes of discovery. And they lawyers opened up one of the boxes and found it was just a bunch of pictures of men without shirts on. Hmm. But it was a a lot related lawsuit. No, no, they were just like boxes and boxes and boxes of it. I guess you can send anything. Yeah. Be like, here's my stuff. It was like how the NRA this sent the, I guess, the Sandy Hook parents a bunch of weird political cartoons, including one of filet mignon. Oh, sure. That, that all happened. This, But Dan, there's a quote also from the Michael Wolf book that you'll be enjoying this week about Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, I saw that earlier today. And the quote Trump says in regards to Brett Kavanaugh, where would he be without me? I saved his life. He wouldn't even be in a law firm. Who would have had him? Nobody. Totally disgraced. Only I saved him. Nice. That's the man that they appointed to the Supreme Court. (laughs) Perfect. Despite the fact that he sexually assaulted someone Mm -hmm. and was, you know, drunk with Tobin and Tufer and... Chad and Biffy and whoever the fuck he lifting weights with his friends. Um, yeah. Just a disgraced lawyer that no one yeah. wanted. 
there does seem to be a real consistency among all of these people in finding just remarkably bad lawyers. A lawyer representing the city of Detroit during this uh, hearing, uh, they, Detroit and the state of Michigan are the ones pursuing the sanctions, described what was filed as, quote, uh, an embarrassment to the legal profession. It was sloppy, it was unreadable, and it was mocked. That's always funny. Later in the hearing where she was trying to explain how perfect and excellent and what an excellent legal mind she was, uh, Sidney Powell got in trouble because she turned her camera off for a while. She was coming in via Zoom, got disciplined for it. But she did end by saying, quote, we have practiced law with the highest standards. We would file these same complaints again. It's really hard to remember what I mean, Dan, we're not that far out of it. But what last year was like? Yeah. You know, with the pandemic and the final throes of the Trump presidency. Yep. Just the dumbest motherfucker that just and whoever was left yeah it was you know your volley your dodgeball team your kickball team was made up of there was a a picture of a kid and uh, a cat and you know you just whoever was left yeah like essentially the final year was either full dead-enders or cultists. There was no one in between. Yeah. And it's... We are still processing that because it's not over. Oh, no. And But it's... it's a, We're just far away enough. Like, the car has sped just far that we can look back and go, fuck. Like, we can actually see yeah. it a little bit out of the back window. Just enough to just go, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, it, we're sort of in this very interesting kind of parallel track right now where there are some people, at least among the legal professions, that seem like they are hurtling towards actual consequences for their actions. And then you've got a whole other track of people, mostly in the political end, that are seeing and will never see any. Uh, any repercussions for their actions. And at some point, those two roads will converge, and I'm not sure quite how they will. But um, but it, it is an interesting thing where there is sort of consequence happening for some of these folks and zero consequence happening for the other group of them who are only becoming more emboldened as a result. Dan, it's just, it, it just comes into sharper and sharper relief, the idea of american cultism the mm -hmm. america cult yeah oh yeah and, and how america cults you know the flag worship the gun worship the the single entity figurehead the myth making the it's us or we have to blow everything up yep um really sharpened to a point you know it's been around for a long time but the way it really sharpened to a point in this but it it the difference between competent bad guys and incompetent bad guys, which one is more frightening? And it's, I don't know, is it the bad ones? But because it just felt like the bad ones are going to do something by accident. 
And <laughs> I guess that was the difference. It was just like, I guess that, I don't know, Dan. I mean, I think that the last four years, the incompetent bad guys, part of what made it so exhausting was every day you never knew, right? Yeah. Like an incompetent or a competent bad person doesn't have to be a guy. Uh, there are certainly some in, in the running right now that are not. Um, oh, you know, just that's a generic term yeah. for, for, any but, human, um, sorry, a competent one. Oh, I, I didn't, I just mostly cause I said person and I, and I was like, why did I say that? Um, there is a ruthlessness there mm. that is awful. And I think that probably a competent bad person can get more bad done. Right. Mm. But, um, and yet. And yet, and yet, the feeling of just constantly being off kilter and never knowing is hard. I also feel like those incompetent bad guys got a tremendous amount done in such a weird way. Yeah, like they, they got their weird incompetent stuff done. Like they didn't get policy made or anything like that. They didn't get that done. But they got other stuff done. Like they got they got managed to storm a Capitol building and poop in the hall of the Senate. Like they sure did. Like that they that's you know, they got that. Yeah. They managed to spread like there were people that were told that COVID was a hoax, and so therefore they got a deadly disease at a Smash Mouth concert. They, you know, and spread it all like they got a lot done. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. It wasn't what you might expect. It wasn't for, you know, it, it, they, but they got it done. They did get it done. They did get it done. Getting it done. <laughs> now I'm just staring off into the middle distance. We're going to do a lot of reading this week, Dan, you and I. <sighs> book club. I hope you guys are excited for book club because we're both going to have to give our reports. Yeah, it's going to be a speed read, too, because we're going to record a day early next week. Oh, oh, that's right. We're recording on Monday. Because I will be on the road uh, on my, Tuesday. And I put it on one of my post-its, Dan. Perfect. One of my new pens. Uh, Trump book. Okay. I was just filling out all these. I got all these books to read, Dan. Got all these books to read. Is I got that your books reading? No, this is different. The books reading list is over here. Oh. I got four to read by next Monday. Wow. That's fine. That's a lot of reading. Eh, I'm a, I'm a writer. Yeah, and it's a reader. Of, it's part of the job. It's true. And now that I can do it again, it's going a lot better. That's true. Post, Post-COVID readability. It was so weird not to be able to read. I go through phases because my eyes are fucked up and uh, sometimes I can't read and sometimes I can. And thankfully, I've been on a ability to read. Tip. Oh, I should have gotten the audiobook. Oh, I should have got the audio. We can probably return them and get the audiobooks. Yeah, except I don't really have time to listen. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm just like thinking like I think I probably have more reading time than listening time. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I'm not I'm not not like judging somebody that has oh. listen time. I just don't have a. Oh, uh, I walk everywhere, Dan. 
Right. Like I only walk the dog and like I don't have a workout routine and that kind of like I I I often lament the fact oh, that no, I don't no, have no, an don't excellent have amount of excuses. It's fine. Well, Some I, it, people are just more important than other people. I don't think that there's an importance level of judgment oh, involved no. in listening versus reading. No. I think that I think this is unfair. What does drunk Rudy really look like? He's definitely scratching his balls a bunch. Oh, yeah. I mean... Without paws, right? And without underwear. Oh, yeah. They're just out. The balls are out. (sighs) Oh, no. Hi. Amy Carter's shoe. What's up? Well, where are you on Rudy's balls? (sighs) Not a fan, really. Yeah, I would think. I mean... You wouldn't... I'll give him a look. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll check him out. But yeah. I mean, do they hang low? Uh, I would guess that they hang low. Hmm. That is sort of my thing. Yeah. It's kind of in my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wheelhouse. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to say no, but okay. I mean, they're not my man's balls, are they? I think they are not. Do you think they hang lower than my man's balls? I don't really want to think about it. Oh, man. This is really messing with my head. Okay. So low. So low. Like, do you think they they, they, they just scrape it on the ground? I don't. I don't know. And I don't. Do you think he wears big baggy khakis? Yeah. Uh. That's sort of my thing, too. Yeah. And they're both also of the age that they're probably wearing, like, traditional floppy boxers. Oh, you know it. Oh, you know it. I can can, can confirm. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> I got connections. Oh. Uh, I know people in the drawers. You know what I mean? I, I know people in the drawers. <laughs> I'm just saying, socks and drawers go together. And I got connections to the socks. So I found out what's going on. You're you're in. You're locked in. I was like, hey, give me a sniff. <laughs> Send him down this way. <laughs> Even I am grossed out by what I'm saying. Uh, I, I hate myself right now. Uh, I upset myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sad. Yeah. Says who is made possible by you. Oh, Aren't you glad. The- you just rubbed your head. It was like you were trying to pinch your own forehead off just yeah. the way you did that. It's made possible by you. <laughs> he's doing it. He's doing it again. Of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday you get a bonus episode of says who, if you give it the five lucky, or ten dollar month episode this coming Sunday, perhaps the pinnacle of all says who bonus content. Uh, Maureen and I talk about pens for a good 15 minutes. Oh, is this this week? Yeah, it's coming up. Pen talk with Maureen and Dan. It really is like, you're either really going to like this or you're going to be like, wow, they talked about pens for a really long time. They sure did. That's at patreon.com slash says who our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email it. Hey, that is H E Y 
at sayswhopodcast.com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash sayswhovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And if you want to join the fan-run Discord server, visit tinyurl.com slash sayswhodiscord. Spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, July 21st, for our very next episode. I will be recording it and editing it on the road. What can go wrong? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can go wrong. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And from my apartment in New York, for now, <laughs> wasn't that dramatic? That I'm, was. I am Maureen Johnson, maybe going to England in a week, maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? You'll know. I bet you'll get everything you need 10 minutes before you have to leave for the airport. We're, we've decided to decide tomorrow. Like either. Oh, we, wow. Yeah. I mean, we've figured that even if they give us permission we don't know how long it takes for to get the actual like paperwork. Yeah. If you get paperwork, we just don't know. So we don't, because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know. So we don't know if we go. So do we go? We don't know. It goes so slow. This was an excellent tribute to former now dead defense secretary, Donald Rumsfeld. (laughs) This has been, Says yeah. who? I was speechless. Literally, I really didn't know where that was going. I thought you were going to say Dr. Seuss, and then you said, then you said Donald Rumsfeld, and I, I just got tongue tied. Going into a known knowns and unknown knowns, and unknown, oh no, unknowns. I wasn't. I wasn't doing the known yeah, knowns. That's and where the I unknown, thought you were going. No, I wasn't knowingly going into the known unknowns or known knowns. There you go. I'm just going to keep doing it. Okay. Should we stop? Yeah.